my husband and I are intentionally going out to dinner once a week and we do not look at our phones or anything with the phone while we are out to dinner. We pay attention to each other. The other thing we like to do is we leave each other notes on the bathroom mirror with a erasable marker right on the mirror so it can't be missed or left or fallen off the sink. <laughs> I'm chuckling because with my luck I'd use a permanent marker. As <laughs> long as it was the right note, we'd be okay, right? Hey, I'm Dr. Randy. Welcome to the Intentional Living Center. But seriously, thank you, uh, Darcy, for sharing that, that comment. We love hearing your stories. You leave them on our comment line. We're here in the Intentional Living Center, along with Jennifer and Stephen and Gino and the rest of the team. We love you guys, and you got a friend here because we know that life is hard. And what we've learned in all of our years of research and study is that in relationships, uh, and in life in general, when we're intentional, things go better for us. Doesn't mean we're void of issues because we're going to face them. But when we live intentionally, we can make our marriages work better and our life and our finances and our health. And today, we're going to hear some stories of marriages that have turned the corner and what they did, the one thing that made a difference in their life. And so I hope you'll stick with us here for the next uh, 28 minutes. If you have a story or maybe a question for me, uh, we have this comment line, storyline, open 24 hours a day. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a question, feel free to share it, and uh, we'll try to answer it in an upcoming show. Uh, all you have to do is call 888-888-1717, 888-888-1717. And online, we have a lot of helpful resources for you by going to theintentionallife.com. That's uh, theintentionallife.com. We're here to serve. We love you. We want the best for you because we know when we figure out what pleases Christ and then we do it, our lives are a lot better. June 2012, we were separated. I actually filed for divorce. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of backstory to, to what led to that. But what really matters is the restoration that happened after that point and the, the decisions that we made from that point forward. I didn't even know why I was created. I would ask God, why did you even make me? Like, I'm just, and I didn't think I was lovable and I certainly didn't think I was forgivable. You know, I did, I fell into addiction and that was a big part of what happened. And our, you know, he, out of fear and anger, he was doing what he had to do to take care of him and our son. But it was when I actually truly believed that Christ loves me. You know, I had heard that people say that, the Bible says, but I didn't believe it in my heart. And the day that I internalized that and actually believed that, everything changed for me. Everything from that point forward. And he still couldn't stand me. It wasn't about that at that point. It was about me and Christ. And then as he began to change me in my heart and just awaken my spirit, he started going, wait a minute. Because he had already filed for divorce. He had kicked me out and I wasn't living at home. And he started seeing something change in me. And he's like, what's going on? And then God had started working in him separately. I mean, we weren't even together. And then it just, everything, God aligned everything. It's just amazing how we were meeting to discuss our son and who was going to have him win. And we ended up making a decision that day that, no, this is not, this is not what God wants for us. We made a decision to be obedient, even though that's what neither one of us wanted. That's uh, Greg and Leah. The, these folks uh, were at one of our Intentional Love Marriage Conferences. Uh, I think they were in Lubbock um, a while ago and really experienced um, an ongoing encouragement and freedom in their life. And, you know, when you think about it, uh, if you're intending to be married for 50 years, the bulk of your life, the bulk of your life, the bulk of your days, the bulk of the hours that you're going to be alive, 
Why not make it work? I mean, that's just common sense. Why not make it work? And we believe it's in intentional living that that happens. Uh, we got people standing up all over our, our audience who we're going to try to get the mic around to uh, and hear their stories. You know, what was it that turned your marriage around? Let's start. Let's go. Amy, first in Michigan. Welcome to the program, Amy. Hi, how are you? Good, good. I appreciate your call. Tell us what happened in your marriage. Uh, well, first of all, we've been married for 17 years now. In the first part of our marriage, we were not living a Christian lifestyle. In 2009, my husband's sister um, passed away suddenly, and it mm. rocked our world. Um, and our marriage kind of started to implode at that time. Within about six months after her death, I found the Lord, um, or the Lord found me, I should say, through a grief ministry class, and my life started to radically change where his continued to stay on the same destructive path that it had been on. Um, and as I was drawing closer to the Lord and recognizing the changes in our marriage, things were getting more and more difficult between us. But God just kept saying, stay put, showing me the scriptures where um, a godly wife could lead to her husband's salvation. Um, you know, if you become a believer and you're in a non-Christian marriage, that you need to, you're encouraged to stay where you are in the marriage. And so that's what I did. And I just kept doing um, what I felt the Lord wanted me to do, kept actively praying for him. And slowly but surely, you know, things got worse before they got better between us. But after time, um, when he came to the end of himself with a lot of people praying for him, um, we decided to to start cutting people out. We simplified our lives. We decided to choose our marriage, choose our family. He started to very slowly come to church with me. Um, it was about, I think, 2011 at that time. Um, but we were on the brink of divorce, mm. definitely. And he... Um, in time, with a lot of prayer, came to know the Lord. In 2014, he was baptized. Um, his life has just completely changed. But a huge part of what worked for us was um, we chose each other, and we chose to invest in our marriage and what we had in common. We'd been so distracted by our friendships and the, light, the busyness of this world that just pulls you away from each right. other. And um, when we chose each other and made that a priority, things really started to change. That's and then when cool. the Lord came into the picture between us, um, he just worked a miracle. Boy, that's a story of, being, of decluttering your life and getting really mm -hmm. focused and being intentional uh, on what's most important. Again, when we talk about declutter around here, we mean putting things of greater value ahead of things mm -hmm. of lesser value, and you mm -hmm. did that and God honored it in your marriage. That's exciting. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your call. Let's keep going. Nicole, she's over in Arizona. Welcome to the program, Nicole. Hello. Hi there. Tell us, uh, how, what happened in your marriage? How, you, how What got you to where you are today? Uh, last summer, we hit probably the darkest point anybody's ever had to go through. Our 17-month-old son uh, died suddenly, um, and three months later, our baby girl was born, Um and the number one thing I found that we did almost immediately and we had never done before really was pray together. Mm. And we started doing that intentionally every day um, and then waking up and giving God thanks and giving him praise because it's all for him and it's all his plan. And so that really got us through and got us to the point that we are now. That's great. How are you doing today? We're good. We're good. good. We got a healthy eight month old now. So. We're, we're very grateful. That's great, Nicole. On a scale of 1 to 10, how low how low did the number go, and how good is it today? Uh, we uh, probably at one point it was a zero, and now we're probably up at, you know, 9 or 10. 
That's pretty yeah, good. Some days are harder than others. It's, it's a shipwreck, but it's, God's in the picture every day. So That's exciting. Thank you, Nicole, for the encouragement today. Yep. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye. All right. People are standing up all over the audience and saying, hey, hand me the mic. I want to tell the story. That's what we want. Just tell us the story. Uh, I'm Randy Carlson. This is Intentional Living. More stories of success. You can have one, too. You may not feel like it, but listen carefully what people are telling you. They're getting their priorities straight. They're decluttering their lives. They're realizing that they have to hang on and they get focused. And uh, that's what makes a difference. More common. Don't go away. My name is Stephanie. Today's show is about secrets, and looking back, my marriage was almost built on secrets. Uh, My husband has bipolar disorder, and I ended up having an affair. He goes out gambling and the strip clubs, and I was seeking security, and neither of us really ever shared our feelings, and I never... I had a secret that I didn't even realize myself that I wasn't happy in our marriage. When he found out that we had an affair, he quit taking his medicine and had a horrible manic episode, ended up in jail, ended up going to a hospital, and he's there right now, getting well. I've been stripped of so much stuff in my life since this happened, and no longer have a job, and living intentionally by reading the Bible twice a day. I'm a new Christian, so digging into the Bible to learn more about how I can connect with God. I'm several times a day and I've seen God work just absolute miracles in my life. I listen to you guys every day and am just completely inspired by you guys. Your shows really do make a difference. Thanks a bunch. Bye. Well, you're welcome and we're glad to be here. You encouraged someone, someone. You certainly did. And Teresa, I think, is ready to as well. Teresa, welcome to the program. Hi. All right, hand you the mic. Tell me, what uh, what have you done to make your marriage better? I'm going to be married 22 years this month, and um, we've been we've gone through a lot. Um, he's he's a very macho Mexican macho, you know that um, very uh, jealous and, and possessive at times. And I think um, I just learned to forgive him and accept accept him as he is, you know, mm-hmm. we got married, um, now we have four children, and, and you do it mostly because of your faith and love of God, and, and I think for, for your children as well, and so they could see that example that you give to them. And I think, um, I think my husband has, has um, he used to insult me and say things to me, and I think he, he's, he's learned that I'm not going to let that... Um, get in my way of, of becoming happy. I've, I, he sees that I forgive him and, and I move on. And I think um, mm. my, my faith, I think it's, it, it's given me all the strength that I need to, to keep going. And like I said, this, will, this month will be my, our 22nd uh, year. Well, con- well, congratulations on 22 years. And we know that in marriage, when we hit these rough spots, we ought to be growing. We ought to learn what God's intention is and how we communicate, love one another. It's a message to us as men, how we affect our wives and wives, how you affect your husband. Uh, But one of the things that Teresa said that I want to reinforce is that whenever we're in a situation where we think we can change another person, we think that we um, can be the Holy Spirit for another person or change, we can't. We can't. And there are times you have to draw boundaries. There's times you have to say, you know, that's just not acceptable in a marriage. We talk about that clearly at our marriage conferences. But at the same time, we can also try to 
constantly be changing a person. And one of the things I write about in the book Star for Affection is about what I call active respect in marriage, where you actively respect a spouse enough to say, I love you so much, I'm, I'm willing to hold you accountable because I love you. I'm not going to try to change you, but I am going to hold you accountable, um, which is an important thing to do. Teresa, thank you for sharing your story uh, today. We'll be praying for you. I hope the, the years ahead multiply and get even better. All right, thank you. you. All right, thank you for your call. Uh, you know, we got people standing up saying, hand me the mic. I want to share something I've learned about taking a marriage that's struggling and making it better. Maybe not all the way there. Maybe we move from a two to a four, but it's getting better. Maybe move from a four to a six or a five to an eight. And uh, we love hearing it. We got more to go. 888-888-1717. Don't go away. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Let me ask you a little theological question here, Dr. Chapman. One of the things I teach when, when we do conferences for couples, I often refer to the fact that we kind of kind of parallel what you teach. Some of us are more head people, we're more analytical, we, f- we focus on our head, our thinking, that kind of thing. Some people are more heart people, they respond and interact through their heart. And others are more um, hand people, they, they, they do things. And I've always thought about that in terms of the Trinity. You think of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, how they speak head, heart, and hand in many ways. You know, the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart and God the Father speaking to the great theology of our head and our thinking. And of course, Jesus teaching us, don't only be hearers, but doers. Get out and, you know, live our faith. And, and I tell people that I think when we go back to the book of Genesis, when man fell, I think God's perfect design was head, heart, and hand. We, we, were, we were designed to be able to interact with other people intellectually, emotionally, and, and with our behavior. And your five love languages sort of uh, are foundational of those, that kind of a discussion. Do you think that we got messed up at the fall when it comes to <laughs> kind of losing all five? Do you think God's intention was that we'd have all five of these as perfectly balanced in our relationships outside of sin? Well, God certainly speaks all five fluently. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I mean, they, they speak all five. So you would think we're made in the image of God. You would think that his intention would be that we would speak all five as well. So, uh, yes, I, I think I think so. But the fall, of course, we ended up being self-centered. Mm-hmm. We think about ourselves. And so even in relationships, we're thinking about, you know, are you making me happy? In our culture, you know, we want to be happy. And how many times have we heard this in the counseling office where a spouse says to the other spouse, you're just not making me happy. I mean, I haven't been happy for 10 years. I'm out of here, which means I found somebody else that's making me happy. Uh, but in the Bible, love is not, love doesn't start with a thief. In the Bible, love starts with an attitude. And the attitude is, I choose to look out for your interests. I want to do what I can to help you become the person you believe I want you to become. It's the attitude, you know, in Philippians 2, have the attitude of Christ. 
know he was God. He didn't cling to his rights as God, but he emptied himself and got on level ground with us and then stepped down further to death on a cross. That's the attitude of a Christian. And, and when we have that attitude, we will tend to speak these, you know, we, we, we speak primarily our little language, but we will, we will learn to speak all these because we want to have a positive impact on people's lives. Well, that's uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. He's the author of The Five Love Languages. I I wanted to talk to him a little bit about head, heart, and hand, how we view things in terms of our conferences and so on. I thought that was kind of fun. In fact, I had a chance to talk to him for well over a half hour about how do we apply the five love languages, one of uh, the best-selling books really in, in the Christian world of all time, I think, having to do with marriage and how does it apply to you and your life and your challenges and disagreements in marriage. And so I said to the team, hey, let's do two things. Let's make that book available to all of our new members, those of you joining us here in this uh, month of February, as a monthly member. We're going to get the book to you. Plus, let's upload that uh, interview I had and that discussion with Gary up onto our exclusive site for members, our member site. So we've done that. And so new members and our current members, that'll, that'll be up there for you. And if you join us today, you're going to be such a huge help to advance the mission and ministry of the Intentional Life Ministry as we reach more people for Christ, seeing lives changed, people come to Christ. How do you do it? All you have to do is call us during West Coast Business Hours, 888-888-1717. Press number two to talk to our staff or, or go online anytime to theintentionallife.com. And boy, do we appreciate uh, your support. All right, back to the call. Jay's uh, in Michigan. Welcome to the program, Jay. I understand you turned your marriage around. What happened? Um, my husband and I got married in 1983, and shortly thereafter we found out we were going to have a baby, which neither of us thought we would because we had both been divorced before. N- neither of us had had any children, and we were both older. I was in my 30s, and he was in his 40s. But I would say that the first half of our marriage was going along pretty good. But, you know, you go through struggles and losses and all of that, and probably around in year 15-ish, give or take a couple, we were de- developing a, a high amount of stress. I'd say we went from like a an eight marriage down to about a two. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one day he was sitting at the table and he said, I don't know, maybe we should just get separated. And um, I looked at him and I said, oh, yeah, and then what will that accomplish? We won't talk to each other and then we'll get divorced. And I said, the only way to get out of this divorce is one of us dies and it's not going to be me. And I marched myself into the bathroom and started praying because <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if that was the right thing to say, but <laughs> it got his attention and it was never brought up again. And what God started doing for us was bringing uh, Christian people into our lives. We're both already saved, but we didn't have a church at that point. We didn't have support. Uh, neither of us had family that lived close, so we were kind of isolated, which is always dangerous. And I was an at-home mom. I quit my job because I was able to. We had discussed that. So the the stresses of being alive on this planet um, had come to a point where it was it had gotten pretty rocky for us. And the upshot of the whole thing is that as I prayed for my marriage, because I got married to stay that way, and I didn't want to go through another divorce. That was that was horrible. 
Um, and I, we didn't have any kids, and it was horrible. So I can't even imagine how heartbreaking it is for people that go through that with kids. But the, I, that was the big turnaround. And from there on, we started to realize that, okay, we've put up with each other as long as we have. Why? There's got to be something more than I'm just going to put up with this person. And God's been revealing to each of us the heart that we have for for each other and the heart that, that we have for God. Mm. Um, I now, I, I'm actually a member of a church that's about five minutes away from our home, and I've just, I keep thinking in the last couple of years how I've seen little changes, because my husband's kind of, I'm not exactly sure what it was. It happened before I knew him, but he's been pretty angry for a while about something, and I've started to see some of that melt away. Mm. And I've just prayed for him constantly, and and it's helped me because it's just like, you know, we realize, who else would put up with me? Mm-hmm. That's right. And my look- husband puts up with me, and I put up with him, but it's more than that. It's developed into a knowledge that that, that in itself is a level of love because it isn't always cherries and whipped cream. It's it there. You got to be able to love somebody even when you're down in the valley and not on the mountaintop. Mm, boy, that's true. All right, Jay, thank you for your call from Michigan. I want to get Michael on here if I can. Uh, he's been waiting for a while. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to talk to you. Well, tell me, how'd you turn your, your marriage around? Oh my gosh. Um, well, my wife and I have been married uh, for about uh, 13 years. I uh, hurt myself uh, earlier in the marriage uh, as a carpenter and uh, was on narcotic pain medicine. And uh, um, I actually got addicted to the narcotic pain medicine, although I never would admit that I was addicted to it. Um, my wife kept on trying to get me to get help and or you know, to figure out something because it was, she saw that it was creating an issue with our marriage and I did not see it. Um, finally, the last straw, she, about two years ago, or almost three years ago, she stood at the front door and, and she said, get out. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You know, she, she tried so hard and she, she, uh, took care of the family and, and, and was, was making the living. And, and I was just staying home wallowing in my, my despair and my, and the, my pain meds and everything. And so, uh, I was devastated and I, uh, I ran right away to a narcotic or to a pain, uh, I'm sorry, to a rehab center in California. And, uh, while I was there, I was with, uh, young people who, um, who were telling their stories of being shot and stabbed and living in alleys and, and heroin and all this stuff. And I thought, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I went to my counselor, and my counselor said, you know, you got to stay because we think that there's something else, there's something more to your story. And I, I remember going into my bedroom, and I got on my knees, and I cried, and I, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and, and, and I just cried so hard. And I said, God, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I've, I've been, I got saved when I was 17 years old, but I just never gave, actually gave my life to Christ. I always said I was a Christian, but I never gave my life to Christ. And that night, I just said... I just want you to take everything because I can't do it. I, I, it's obvious I'm, I'm just screw everything up that I touch. And so um, over the next few days, God just absolutely opened me up and revealed that not only did I have uh, narcotic drug addictions, you know, at, currently at that time, but throughout my life I was addicted to all kinds of different other drugs and alcohol and everything and that I never even gave credence to. 
Um, but anyway, long story short, as far as that goes, I came home. Um, my wife saw that, that there was a change going on, and so she, she decided to hang in there for a little mm. bit. Wow. And um, <laughs> we are actually we are actually um, just so much better than than we have been in our whole marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling the Steve who took my call that um, I am actually uh, two years and nine months into my thirty day challenge uh, when I started listening <laughs> to the radio station. Wow, wow! Hey, Michael, I got to wrap it up. The, I, I sorry, I have to because there's more to your story. I'm glad that we've been able to be a part of it with the radio station, and uh, just hang on. Uh, uh, Stephen wants to talk to you, but sh- thanks for sharing your story today, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, Peter. and you're two two years nine months into a thirty day challenge. I like that. That's a great reminder. Hi, Doctor Randy. My name is Jessica. And I live in Tucson, and I'm listening to your talk show right now on marriage and forgiveness. And I wanted to share a story about my marriage and forgiveness. I've been with my husband for 10 years, and I had been holding a very deep, deep, dark secret that I was terrified to tell him because it would have put our marriage on the line, and it could have potentially destroyed our marriage. Well, a couple years ago, God prompted me to finally tell him of that secret. And I went in believing that we would end up in divorce after the conversation. But instead, my husband gave me a huge hug and cried with me and told me that he forgave me. And the way that he forgave me was just the way that Jesus would forgive us. It completely changed my entire outlook on forgiving others and being able to forgive. Not only did it free me of my burden of carrying the secret, but it also bonded us on a whole new level and gave our marriage something that it didn't have before. It is now so much easier for me to love and forgive people the way that Jesus forgave us and loved us and the way He wants us to live. Wow, what a story, Jessica. You know, one of the key pillars to a strong marriage is the need for forgiveness. It's a dance. You know, we constantly interact in our marriage, and then we need to have forgiveness. Sometimes it's a deep, dark secret, like you mentioned, and sometimes it's just the littler things that happen in the process of life. Thanks for sharing that, Jessica. And for each of you who we had a chance to talk to today about the power of having your marriage built, rebuilt, and uh, continuing on for God's glory. Well, as we wrap up the show today, speaking of marriage, I'm looking forward to being with a sold-out full house tomorrow night in East Lansing, Michigan, at the New Hope Church. Uh, We're going to have a great evening, Pastor Mark Kring and the team there. And then on Saturday night, sold out in Auburn Hills, Michigan, Detroit area, uh, with Pastor Cal and the team there. Looking forward to a great evening as well. So if you've got your tickets, come. We look forward to just spending a few hours together talking about the power of an intentional love in your marriage and four of the pillars to make that marriage even better in the days ahead. We're going to laugh together, learn together, and I promise that when you leave, you'll have one thing that you can take with you that'll encourage your marriage. So we'll look forward to being with you. We want to thank the churches and all the team here at Intentional Living working behind the scenes to make these sold-out events possible across the country. All right, again, if you want to leave a comment for me today, you can do so by calling 888-888-1717 and leave your story. We'd love to hear your question or comment and to share it in the upcoming days. 
I'm Dr. Randy, gotta run, and we will see you next time right here from Intentional Living.